Hey, welcome to Rebel Business. This is episode 27, the last one of 2023. I'm Nathan Patel. I'm here with my co-host, Paul Samuel. Howdy ho. How's everybody How's doing? Going, man? It's good. Yeah. Nice, quiet end of the year. Uh, wasn't uh, wasn't the best year for most people. I, I definitely am thrilled to have this year end, but um, yeah, on onward and upward. Uh, yeah, it was a weird year. Um, this was a, it was kind of, a, a, you know, for me, when we had the COVID lockdown, I mean, I know some people said it was sort of like a breather for them for a moment, you know, because they were still working. And for me, it was super high intense because I was in real estate. And I feel like this year was my sort of I didn't do a, it wasn't that busy. Let's put it that way. Uh, I was busy with other things, but real estate related, uh, transactionally speaking, it was, it was super light. Uh, so looking forward to some activity, um, going into next year, but, uh, you know, given that we're at the end of the year, we figure we kind of recap sort of where we are. And I think it, it has been an interesting even not just one year, two years, right? We, we have, we've had this big run up in the markets, right? A, a lot of positive thoughts in the last, I don't know, what is it, about 20 days? It's been insane. Yep. You know, everybody's just buying into the market. The FOMO is out of control. Um, but, you know, if you, if you look back, we're basically where we were two years ago. If you just look at the S&P 500 index as like a pulse of sort of, you know, equity markets. Um, like I said, it's not always the best indicator, but it's sort of like just the pulse, what's going on right now. And, you know, what's happened in that two years? I mean, basically we had what we had first, we were coming off the pandemic going into 2022 and then a war breaks out and then maybe a positive thing that happens is a lot of focus on AI. And a lot of companies benefited from it. And I think everybody was talking about AI and ChatGPT and, and what that future holds for us. And then we had the banks fail in the summer um, and a lot of money was printed. Um, and obviously, October 7th in Israel, uh, another, you know, horrible event, uh, but have has a ripple effect, economically speaking, too. Uh, so we, we've had a lot, like, I just feel like, um, the economic immune system has taken on a lot. And so we're sort of back where we were two years ago. And I guess if you're going to start to try to project what's happening, you have to sort of mentally digest all of that because the economy has sort of a digested all of that, but a lot of that digestion came with printing a lot of money. Um, and so we're now at this point where inflation has come down and are we sort of at a new baseline that is stable? Uh, you know, I, I, I'm curious your thoughts kind of going forward into next year, kind of what you, you suspect is going to happen. I mean, it's hard to predict precisely, but, you know, kind of broadly, what do you feel is going to happen? Yeah, I think it'll it'll be more stable in some sense. Um, there's more certainty or at least more indications that we see the end of this um, slowdown. But I don't think it's going to 
happen very quickly. So I still expect the first half of 2024 to be pretty slow, kind of quiet. Yeah. Uh, there are still these geopolitical issues um, and, and the Israel-Gaza situation is only getting worse in my yeah. mind. So I think first couple months of this year, still going to be kind of slow. People are cautiously optimistic because of what the Fed has indicated. But uh, I, I don't know. I, I think it's going to be a mixed bag. Um, we talked about it offline. Uh, commercial real estate still looks like it's yeah. likely to, uh, to suffer a little bit. I think tech will probably do okay. Um, but some of like capital goods and uh, durable goods, durable consumers, I don't think that's those are markets that that are going to do particularly well. I don't see a lot of activity in the well, automobile. Well, I think it's already we're we're probably seeing signs of it. Aside from Costco, I think a lot of these you know yeah. consumer product you know hubs aren't doing great. And 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 it was you know it's interesting what you were saying about how the market digested what the Fed said. And, you know, for, for those of you who've been kind of in the holiday season and, and haven't really been um, having the time to, to keep up with the headlines, basically the Fed gave some guidance that they were going to cut rates and things are getting better and they're, you know, I wouldn't say happy or pleased with inflation, but they feel like progress is being made. And what happened is the markets took that and just reacted overweight, I feel like, reaction and have been buying and buying and we've had a huge run. And you can play conspiracy theory here or whatever, but like I, I feel pretty confidently that politically speaking, he probably, Powell that is, uh, the Fed chair, felt some pressure to be somewhat positive uh, about the future. I mean, any number of people could have told them that. Um, and, and that's probably a, a how DC works from people I know that work there. It's politics. It is what it is. It's just, I don't think anybody thought that the market would react so, so exuberantly to it. And then days after they've kind of pulled back a little bit, but like it's done nothing. It hasn't curbed the positivity. And I think we're probably at a point where we are overbought. Um, and that this is now just people jumping into the market a little bit late. Um, but I, I agree with you. There's, there's, there's probably more to come here. You know, I mean, I guess sitting on the commercial real estate side, it's, it's pretty hard for me to think that there won't be another wobble in the banking system. I, I, I know we had failures of First Republic and Signature in Silicon Valley Bank, but that didn't have anything to really do with real estate. That had that they poorly managed their balance sheet. I think the real estate side is still coming and the values in real estate on the commercial side have not gone up. And everybody knows about office, but I've actually been digging into multifamily, which is just apartment buildings that are for rent. And the numbers are not good. You know, the three of the darling markets were Nashville, Charlotte, and Austin. The amount of supply that they're adding to their inventory of apartment buildings is crazy. 
downtown Charlotte adding 33%. Uh, I think it's called Loso as a neighborhood in Charlotte. 84% they're adding. Wow. And then in Austin, their downtown, they're adding 48% to already existing inventory. And all three of these particular neighborhoods in these cities are a double digit vacancy with rents going down. So that tells me that there seems to be an oversupply of apartment rentals in a lot of markets. And I've been actually digging into this like crazy the last week. And I am starting to convince myself that there isn't a market that doesn't have a couple sub markets within it that look like this. And when you have that kind of oversupply and you just built these buildings, what happens is you have a temporary loan, a bridge loan, a construction loan. They have a lot of different names. And at the end of the project completion, you got to somehow pay that thing back. And if nobody's renting these buildings or, or they're renting them at prices that are much lower than you thought, you're going to have a lot of trouble paying that loan back. So, you know, the worry has been strictly on office, but I'm starting to get the sense that there's going to be some problems even in the multifamily world, which is, like I said, just apartment rentals, which has always been considered rock solid, very safe. Everybody needs a place to live. Uh, so that I do think is going to come in the back half of 2024, for sure. It's, it's, it's coming. The commercial real estate problems are, you cannot run away from this. And it's on all of these balance sheets. And at some point, we're going to have to contend with it. And I think when we do, the banks will wobble again. So I guess my question is, like, how could people be so wrong, right? So 84% increase in inventory, you said, yeah. in Charlotte? It's a, it's a specific neighborhood, but yes. Oh, okay. Four percent. Yeah. The overall market, for example, is probably still. I think it's at eighteen percent, which is still yeah, which high. Is still, that's huge. Yeah, yeah. That's still high. Sorry, seventeen percent. Okay, but like, I, I guess my question would be, they're not stupid. Uh, oh no. So why no, wait, is this just wait. a? I, I would correct you on that. Some people okay. are stupid. I'm okay, but but just in mass. I wouldn't expect, especially these three locations, the developers to be collectively stupid. So what, maybe maybe it's a redistribution of population. I mean, some of it is, I know personally, a lot of people that have moved out of California, they've gone to Idaho, sure. they've gone to Nashville. Um, and so those pockets economically have done well. I, I would still agree with you that I think it's probably overbuilding but maybe it's you know just kind of following that trend of migration um and so it's not so much I, population I think, growth, you're, I think but... you're giving real estate developers way too much credit honestly <laughs> i think that what you're saying is true there's migration there but it, it's it's almost what's happening in the market right now everybody heard good news and nobody wants to feel left out so they're just buying and buying and buying a lot of times with development, it's the same thing where you see that oh, all these people are moving in. 
this one developer built 300 units and it filled up in 17 months and it did phenomenally well. So then three people get the same idea and do that. So the similar, similar thing happened in life science, right? We did that project, we converted them all to a lab. And at the time, the market was on fire. Everybody wanted to build lab space and life science space. And now it's overbuilt. And, you know, we saw that trend while we were selling our building because, you know, everyone was now showing us other buildings. Hey, you want to convert this? You want to convert that? And right. I made a simple spreadsheet to track proposed life science projects. And I'm like, if these all happen, we're adding 25% to the inventory. Is the demand really there? You know, it's, it's as if people have ignored supply and demand and there's this notion that there is infinite demand for everything. And there isn't. Um, there simply isn't. And I, I don't even think there's a housing shortage. I don't. You know, when I'm looking well, at all that, the numbers. But that isn't. depends on where. There, there actually isn't. In New the, York the problem, City, are you telling there, me there, that there's not a housing shortage? California there, is definitely there is a housing, housing shortage. shortage. There's a housing affordability problem. That's the problem. But there isn't actually a shortage. And the same goes with apartment buildings. I'm doing the math. I'm doing the basic third grade math. And I am telling you, somebody has to show me when I divide this number by this number, why isn't it less than, you know, 100%? That means there's enough, right? Like there is enough units for everybody. The problem is affordability. I mean, that, that's, that's the big problem here. And I don't know if that's really going to change. Um, without pricing coming down, right? Because but then to that point, if you build uh, and it's, um, you know, not rent controlled units, uh, by definition, right, you are increasing demand, increasing supply, right, where demand is relatively flat, uh, prices naturally would have to come down. They might. Or these developers are just going to take the, the inventory might just sit there, right? I mean, like what's going to happen in the multifamily market is you're going to dump all these units, right? You're going to build like for that example in that that Charlotte neighborhood, Loso. I think it's you know I, that's I think the acronym for it. Okay. Eighty-four percent. They're increasing it by eighty-four percent. That's basically doubling the amount of units that are already there. What's going to happen is those new units are going to hit the market and you're going to see one month, two months, three months free waiving application fees and right. throwing in, you know, free this, free that. It's going to turn into a concession war. Uh, and then maybe they'll start to consider lowering the rents, the, the kind of the face value. But overall, those occupancies that they projected to be 95%, they're just, they're going to simply be lower. And they will, but it's, it'll be a redistribution, right? So some people will move, right? Because they're, yeah, they're no, chasing gonna, a deal. It's going right? to saturate the whole market. It's going to create a problem for the whole market because those are one-year leases. Yeah. So some people will move into the newer building and upgrade. So it'll, be, it'll, it'll, it'll affect the existing stock as well. And so, you know, yeah, it's going to get full, but really was there demand for it? Probably not. Probably not. 
you know, because there, I don't see these apartment buildings getting to 95% full anytime right. soon, particularly when the vacancies are already in double digits. But so can, again, we're talking in really broad strokes, but can these buildings be break even at 70%? No. No? No, okay. you can't break even. You can't. I, 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 I know you can't. Um, you know, you could break even on self-storage at about 60, 65%, but the operating cost of an apartment building is so high now um, it's probably closer to 75, 80%. I bet you it's, it. It, my guess is it's 80% because these new buildings have swimming pools. They yeah, have yeah, gym, lots of amenities. They have, they have all of these things that you have to maintain and manage and insurance costs. Anybody who owns a property, whether it's a home or uh, an investment property, we all know insurance is going way up Yeah. Uh, and property taxes never go down. And so I, I don't see them being able to break even other than 80% and the interest rate is higher. So like, there's a lot of things working against um, a apartment developer. And, you know, I just, it's something that isn't being talked about at all um, that I think is going to rear its head um, in 2024. That, that's something that I'm close enough to that I, I'm seeing it. And I'm just like, wow, this this is alarming. It's concerning um, because multifamily. It just that we've just not we haven't seen this before. And keep in mind, this doesn't include these numbers I'm throwing out. This does not include for sale condos. Those are being put into the market as well. Right. So, like, you know, I, I don't know how this is going to work. And if if. Someone says, well, you know, there'll be some relief for these developers because rates will come down. Well, then won't that also shrink the renter pool? Because some of those renters will now have the ability to buy a home because it's more affordable. Right. Right. Yeah, so that's that's true. There's just a lot of things here that they don't make sense. Nobody's talking about it, you know, because, you know, everything on CNBC is bullshit. Uh, so it's like it. it, it I am stunned that this isn't being talked about more. Um, I hope I'm wrong about it. I really would. I would love to build an apartment building. It's something I've looked at doing. It's just when you look at this stuff, I'm like, who the hell is going to live here? You have to yeah. be really selective about the market you go into. But you look at Greensboro, North Carolina, 285,000 people. They're only adding one and a half percent to their inventory. Hmm. Right. Less popular city, less yeah. people moving there. So you might see opportunities in these smaller, even smaller markets. These were all considered secondary markets for a long time. Nashville, Charlotte, Austin. There might now be a movement towards the next tier down because it's been ignored uh, for so long. And so, you know, you look at a Winston-Salem same like the inventory increases low in these places. So there could still be opportunities, but these markets that have seen massive growth, I don't know. I don't know. Um, so that that's something that I think we should keep an eye on. And I think the other thing is every time inflation comes down this fast, historically, we do go into a recession. Right. I mean, that is what happens. 
Yeah. You got to charge way up here. And now a year later, that same product, you can, you're charging way down here. Can you make up your, can you, you have your operating costs gone down enough that that drop in price isn't going to affect your bottom line? I don't know. We're going to find out. We're going to find out. And particularly on the labor front, because, um, <clears throat> Minimum wage is going across, going up across a lot of the country. Yeah, um, here uh, it's it's kind of crazy. Uh, I think effective January first, fast food workers in California minimum wage is over twenty dollars. Oh wow! Okay, yeah, that's a big jump. It's a big, jump. big jump. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, well, it's going to be mean, interesting to see. You're right. The labor pool is not growing. We we've got a broken immigration policy, which you could talk about for years because it's been a problem for decades. Um, and that, that directly affects labor. Um, I mean, it, I think it's just going to be a little bit messier than this last few weeks, a lot messier. These last few weeks, it's like uh, the economy took Prozac and <laughs> everything's perfect, but it's it's not. And, and that's okay too. There's no time that everything is working perfectly it just no feels but like this there's is some, there's still the like spot. real risk there's still real risk here of you know falling into a recession mm-hmm. we're also ignoring the fact that next year is an election year so just oh, the yeah. volatility and it's uh nuts. yeah it's gonna be freaking nuts and so in 2016 it's funny in 2016 everybody got it just was like cable news is crap I think it's garbage. They don't know what they're talking about. I think after 2024, another prediction, the business cable, Fox business, CNBC, Bloomberg, I think everybody's going to say the same thing, that this is this is borderline just entertainment. And the reality is most of these people are coming up here for self-interest. I, I personally believe that. You know how cynical I am about it. Um, but I, I think there's going to be a little bit of... Uh, you know what? That's as useless as the cable news um, on on the three main channels. That, but they've already that. proven that, right? Like uh, they, they like, have. You're 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 100 right. We saw that in 07. But I think this. And is we saw happen. it this year, where like with Dominion and that lawsuit against Fox. I mean, Fox basically settled for almost a billion dollars to oh, yeah, save yeah, yeah, themselves yeah. from the embarrassment of. Yeah. Depositions and discovery of all of the things oh, yeah. that and those I, I guys the, said. The credibility for cable news already happened. Yeah. I'm talking and CNN, same thing. Yeah. yeah, I'm talking specifically the channels that only have business, quote unquote, business coverage. Oh, got it. Okay. Right. Yeah. CNBC, I mean, Fox Business, Bloomberg. Those channels, I think, are going to get some backlash because I, I think that they are going to be, they're going to be wrong. Um, if you, if you have yeah. watched the last, I don't think it matters. Years, People are just going to keep watching. They're, they're maybe. too loyal. To... I, I guess I'm, I'm bitter. And I, I, I just, I don't know what it is, is when I see the stupidity on that channel, it, it really just bothers me. Uh, because it's not like ESPN. Somebody on ESPN can go on and be like, Patrick Mahomes stinks. His career is over. And it doesn't matter because we it doesn't all matter. Know, right. Yeah. It, it There's no matter. investment. They're, all, yeah. they're talking about an entertainment product. Right. right? The NFL is entertainment. So, so, so being entertaining about it 
who cares? I know there's a lot of people who hate Skip Bayless and Stephen A. Yeah. Smith and these characters that are doing this, but they're being characters about entertainment. It's come on. It's not that like vitally important. No, the problem I have with, with the, these, these sort of news networks is that they're not, they're, they're taking serious subjects and um, ignoring sort of the, the real thesis behind coming to a conclusion and they don't do that. And I, you know, cause it's not entertaining enough and I, yeah. it, it does bother me. I don't know. It does bother me. It does bother me. And it's, yeah. it's been, uh, I'm glad I took a little break from it during the holidays. I haven't watched much financial news at all. Um, actually, uh, this was, you know, we went to Vegas um, a couple weeks ago. Right. And uh, I was bemoaning the lack of energy uh, at the game. Um, you and me and- both. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I went to the Knicks game on Christmas. I got to tell you, dude, it was the energy was awesome. And I guess that's what I was expecting in Vegas. And and I didn't get it. So but uh, I understand it takes a long time to build that kind of tradition. I mean, the Knicks have been playing on Christmas for what, 30 years at least? Probably. And and they're actually competitive this year and they won, which is kind of miraculous to be honest uh they usually do not win 12 years they won on christmas day is that right and i I mean they beat a good hot milwaukee team um and they played well like start to finish it's like very uncharacteristic of the knicks um but do you so so had like holiday atmosphere fun festive yeah um were people dressed up in holiday garb or were they mostly no, decked out? No, was, in... but I think yeah. they, everybody was in a good mood. I think yeah. it was, um, they did a good job of, um, you know, on the TV timeouts, having something interesting. Um, they, they just, it was, I mean, I guess they tried to do it in Vegas, uh, but like it just, you know, when they flashed the celebrity road, they were very New York celebrities it was chris rock it was 50 cent you know it was tracy morgan and so the crowd really got into it the halftime show was way better than that magician what was the halftime show it was the dunking santas it was great okay (laughs) it was amazing uh and it was fun and the music was fun and it was christmas day i mean i get it like competing with christmas day is very impossible because true yeah it's funny because just yesterday i saw a clip it was paul pierce and kevin garnett talking about playing on christmas and obviously you know with the celtics they played every christmas um during their stint and it was funny to hear them talk about it they hated it they both hated playing on christmas so they said it's a thing like it's an honor and a privilege to play on Christmas in the NBA. And so the first time you do it, you feel that like, you know, that weight and uh, and you honor it by going out and, and playing as hard as you can, obviously. But they said after the first year, it's such a burden for a couple of reasons. Number one, East Coast, you always play the early game. So you play yeah. that 12 o'clock game. Yeah, the game, game was at noon, yep. which was early. Which means like you are showing up at the stadium at nine o'clock 
right? Because you oh, have to yeah. do a walkthrough, shoot around, right? Like there's all sorts of stuff that you have to go there and be ready for. So it's like not part of their normal routine, right? And so if you're if you're getting to the stadium at nine o'clock, nine thirty, they all they both have kids and families, like gift giving and you know opening yeah. the kids opening gifts that's happening at like six o'clock in the morning so they're like oh our day starts at 6 a.m make sure I the mean, kids are good I mean, like right? am i gonna really feel bad for guys getting paid 15 no no, no. it's it yeah. wasn't even that but but paul pierce said my, the game was the last thing on my mind he said a- after a couple of years i was like i was i was going through the motions like i had to keep the family happy what they might be on the road, <laughs> right? But but he but he's right. Like at that one day of the year, right? They 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 travel, right? They 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 do this routine yeah. with their family all I mean, the time. Look, but they're human beings. Yeah, they're human beings with human. Like they have to deal with stuff like anyone oh, else. And with kids, like Christmas is just yeah. it, right? So you can't. Your game doesn't matter to your kids that day. It doesn't, but like, think about the access their kids get because their dad's an NBA player. No, of course, but but do you think, do you think that they want to be, you know, dragged? Do you, do you think they want to be in a hotel room on Christmas? Yeah, I get it. But like, it's the totality of your life. Net net, the benefit they're getting for this little bit of sacrifice I, yeah, there's no, no way, you're, you're, you're not going to get any sympathy out of me. No, it's not a matter of sympathy, but it was it, interesting to hear him say, it, like, you're right. I don't even care about the game. Yeah, like, yeah, the like, game I, is an I, afterthought. I, I, I will tell you this. I'm glad you gave me this bit of information because when I bet on this next year, I will keep this in mind <laughs> that, okay, some of these guys are annoyed that they're even here. I have to find the team that has the grinchiest players because they probably don't care. Or the team that has the least amount of dads. I bet you that's the team you bet on. Interesting. Yeah, that's that would be interesting analysis. I'm going to do that next year. I am going to go all in on the team that has the least amount of dads because they have no responsibilities whatsoever, and Mm -hmm. it's just another day for them. They're they're probably like, "This is great. We're done with work at 2 p.m. and I get to go out afterwards." So, I'm gonna I'm gonna definitely incorporate that. no, but it was fun. It was really fun. NBA did a great job there, or the Knicks organization, or combo, whatever it is. Uh, it was it was cool, and you know MSG is under construction. So when you're walking in, it was annoying, but once you're yeah. there, um, great. I, I'll, I will, you know, I went with my nephew, and my brother-in-law, and I was like, you know what, this I would turn into a tradition uh, going to this game. Pretty hard it, to it, beat it, New York uh, during Christmas, and and MSG as a as a venue. Yeah, I mean, you really felt it. I mean, I did have to hear Mariah Carey about eight times on the walk to <laughs> Madison Square Garden. Um, I love her there. I, I am a Mariah fan uh, to a degree. Uh, I uh, she's local. She's it, she grew up in like Bronx or she's from the Bronx, right? Pretty yeah, she's sure New Yorker. She yeah, pretty sure she is. But it's always you know you're always looking back at stuff at this time of year. And it's funny. I was actually I was going through my calendar because I'm a big uh, put stuff in your digital calendar. Um, oh, digital. I was going to say, do you have a paper calendar? I, I have a physical calendar as well. Um, I'm, Which you, I, you mark things on, really? Oh, yeah, yeah. I mark stuff. 
So my physical calendar is only uh, personal stuff. And my okay. digital calendar is only work stuff. work stuff. So it's good to have that up on the refrigerator for, I mean, I have doctors, doctors appointments and stuff. Yeah, yeah. Just like stuff like that. Comedy stuff. Um, although I got the comedy stuff on my phone now too, but I was just like, uh, I forget what I was waiting for. And I was flipping through and I was like, man, I've had so many meetings over the years. I mean, and some of them have been wild. Um, and sometimes they're like a dinner or whatever, dude. I had this one on Christmas Eve, I think in 2013. Um, I don't know if I ever told you about this dinner. Uh, we were, so one of my other business partners who's, um, kind of more, uh, always, always making intros to new potential investors. I don't even know how he met this guy. It was some Saudi and his wife. God. And some other girl they brought, and we went to Tao, which if you're not familiar <laughs> with Tao in New York, it's it's like a restaurant, almost club-type feeling yeah. in there. Um, and so we went there, and it was the absolute strangest dinner. I was already sleep-deprived, right, because we had just closed a deal um i think that morning and it was kind of like the first kind of deal it was the first time i made any a little bit of money um so i was, was pretty excited and um he's like hey you know the saudi wants to go to dinner i'm like at christmas eve and he's like well he's a saudi whatever he doesn't he doesn't give a shit about christmas so i was like i was like all right i was like you know i was, I was feeling good i was like whatever. yeah screw it let's yeah. go and um i just remember him pressing me he's like hey can you get me just a letter from a bank saying that they would consider financing this mine in i don't even know indonesia and i was like what i was like, like i was like do you have mine? any details on this okay. do you have anything on this and he's like oh well and he's like trying to show me emails from like the minister of whatever finance yeah. And I was like, ah, dude, I don't know. He's like, yeah, I just need a letter. And I was like, but like banks just don't. Yeah, I have a friend in an infrastructure group, but like they don't just give out letters like this, right. dude. Like, you know, how much? He's like, oh, it's like, just like a letter saying that they would consider $100 million. And I was like, $100 million <laughs> on letter on bank letterhead? Are you <laughs> on crazy? On the finger. Nice. And so at this point, it was like a big table and my friend sitting next to his wife. So I couldn't really communicate to him saying, this is nuts, right? Right. This is absolutely nuts. And then I'm sitting next to the girl that they brought. And then I was like, all right, I just got to get out of this conversation because I, I can't, I can't help this guy. Yeah. No, uh, nothing you can so do. He, fortunately starts talking to his wife and then I start talking to this girl and I just figured it was like their daughter or niece or she was yeah, significantly younger than okay. them. And I was like, Oh yeah. So how do you know them? And she was like, Oh, I just travel with them. Spoke perfect English, not from America, yeah. but spoke perfect English. I was like, what do you mean? You just, you just travel with them. Like, what is that? What? And I was like, oh, so where, where are you all staying? And she's like, well, I'm staying by the airport. I think they're in the city somewhere. And I was like, okay. so you travel together, but you don't stay, stay with them in the same, in the same hotel. hotel. That's interesting. And then I was going and I was just like, what is going, what is it? And she was a lot younger. Okay. And, um, 
you know, I, I didn't know. I was like, well, whatever. And, you know, the, the night was ending and I kind of was telling him like, hey, man, this isn't going to I can't just go can't, walk up into a bank and get you a letter like this. And he's right. like, oh, no. He's like, look, I um, this is legit. It's you know, and he was really like pressing on this. And, and my friend got an air full of this as well when he was talking to him and his wife. And I was just like, dude, like, is this guy real? And he comes up to me. As everybody's sort of leaving, as we're all leaving this restaurant, and he's kind of like, oh, well, why don't you just take her? And I was like, take her? I was like, what does that mean? And I was right. like, what is going on here? And I was just like, dude, I'm just going to go home and that'll be that. that this will be, this will just go, I'll just file this under the most bizarre Christmas Eve dinner I've ever had. Oh, I'm man. certain this girl was like a concubine or something wow. or something. Yeah, yeah, that sounds like, like it. That. Yeah. It was it was wild, man. So that was Christmas Eve. Wow, ten years ago. Yeah, that's ten years ago. I totally forgot about it till I looked at my calendar, and I was like, "Wow, that actually happened. That is some weird ass shit." That is that is pretty odd, uh, especially for him to offer her to you. That is uh... offered while she's like standing not there. within right. air shot standing there almost like yeah like let's do this wow and i was like what i was like no nah, I'm, I'm good i'm good um you why don't you just go back to the airport <laughs> yeah, <hotel?" laughs> I, like, yeah. I don't know i was like this did is you guys so ever weird. hear from him again do you ever like follow him in the news is he prominent no i mean I, he did email me okay um which i was stupid and i get you know I think I was already on an card. email with him yeah, prior yeah. to the dinner. And he like just sent me some other letters from the minister of finance. And it just seems so sketchy. Yeah. Um, now to, to your point, you know, and I always track people, I really couldn't find him um, anywhere. And I remember him saying something, you know, who was like, look, you know, we'll, we'll certainly pay you if you're able to help make this deal happen. Right. And he's like, you know, it'll be, a little weird if you come to Saudi Arabia though, like you would have to, I mean, just threw this in there. I'm like, why would I have to come to Saudi Arabia? Like, right. First of all, I have no desire to come to Saudi Arabia. And he's like, yeah, you know, it, it's, you know, uh, he was, he was trying to politely say, yeah, we don't like Indian people. Oh, well, yeah, <laughs> that's true. Yeah. And, and he's like, I don't know if you'd that. be that welcomed in the conference room. Um, yeah. And I was like, this is such a bizarre interaction with this man. And all of these things that he was saying, he was saying so calmly yeah. and matter of factly, right. like, hey, yeah, Nick's play on Christmas. Like, <laughs> and I was like, yeah, take this woman. <laughs> and I was like, what the fuck? Crazy. Um, very bizarre. Um, yeah. So I, I have no desire to to go to Riyadh or <laughs> or do business ever. with uh, yeah with the likes of him. Yeah, the, no. I, I mean, I'm sure there's all sorts of like backroom dealing like that in in places like Saudi. Um, yeah, I'm sure. Yeah, sure, I'm sure. Yeah, here here's this deal. It comes with like uh, a harem of women. <laughs> Um, or yeah. something insane like that. Yeah, it was crazy, but that's it crazy, was, uh, man. It, it, it just reminds me of just how many, you know, like anybody who's out there that's trying to raise money or start something. The amount of wild meetings that you end up taking, there's, 
there's just so many of them uh, yeah. and you forget about them. I forgot about that. Completely forgot about that. Completely. And I, and I only saw it cause I was like bored and I was flipping through old calendar right? and, and I saw it and I was like, Oh yeah. Tau Christmas Eve, 2013 concubine. <laughs> <laughs> Throw that in the meeting notes. Well, Jeez. on that note, um, we are coming to the end of the year, uh, and Paul and I promise we are going to have guests on in 2024. That's um, the goal. That's the uh, New no, Year's no, resolution. That, that can't just be a goal anymore. Um, yeah. For, you know, we know we don't have tons of listeners, but for people who have been listening every time we post, we are grateful. Um, and so uh, as um, us being um, grateful, we are going to not make you listen to us all the time. We'll bring guests, <laughs> not just other us. people. Uh, but uh, we we are definitely super. In all seriousness, everybody who does listen, um, thank you, because uh, this yes. is a in startup phase, much. and it ain't easy. Uh, but it is definitely easier when you get feedback from people that listen every week. Uh, so on that note, uh, we will move on to uh, what Wonka did a couple weeks ago when it premiered. It did do well, man. Uh, not as well as I thought. Paul was definitely closer. It made uh, nearly $40 million, uh, which is a big, big number. Um, and it was uh, good. Yeah, that's a, that's a, that's a big-time number for box yeah. office uh, premiere weekend. I said 80. Paul said 60. Uh, went in there at 40, but that's a, that's a killer, killer number. It may be the last one for a while, uh, yeah. for box office. I think we're going into like the dead zone. We for are yeah. good movies. Um, so we previewed, uh, what was it? Night swim, night swim, just on, on Wonka. I did see it. Uh, oh, you did, you did. I did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Did Went you saw like it? it? It was good. Yeah. Uh, kind of hit on the nostalgia was a little, you know, different slight twist. It was basically like, um, his, his ascendance to becoming Willy Wonka. It was like his hard luck story, so to speak, lots of musical numbers in it. Um, okay. And so, so it was mostly like musical. Uh, there's a lot of song and dance, but it was good uh hit all the high notes um definitely worth watching um did your daughter like it she did yeah she loved it okay is it is that a movie she would like ask to watch again she would yeah she would definitely watch it again at home i don't know if you need to go yeah that's what i'm saying and see it in theater but yeah if it was on at home she would watch it again yes definitely okay yeah that's interesting because, like, like I said, that's like it, we talked about it briefly the last time, but that's like a new generation that's getting into an old generation, um, mm-hmm. you know, movie uh, where it, yeah. it's it's you're starting to kind of see that with other with other franchises. It's uh, I always think that's pretty cool when it, it's some it, it's good enough to bring in. Uh, new viewers not just people who grew up on certain things um some yeah. franchises are better at that than others for sure it's more formulaic like the like the gene wilder one was fanciful and you know 
fantasy land. This was more fantasy land, but they had like the young orphan girl, you know, that he sort of takes care of and, you know, becomes his protege, that sort of story. Uh, And then they had all this sort of magical uh, elements to it as well. So, you know, the, the Gene Wilder one became cultish, honestly, like that, that became, it was like a very dedicated, but fiercely uh, loyal fan. uh, Yeah. These songs were not as catchy, uh, but they were good. The movie in general was good. All right. Uh, So it it uh, was worth the time and money. Yeah. It's a, it's an eight out of 10. All right. Eight, All solid right, well, eight, okay. eight and a half out of 10. Yeah. I will say for me, Nick's, it was an expensive ticket. 10 out of 10, though. 10 out of nice. 10. If anybody Good. is in New York um, and can swallow that ticket price, it ain't cheap. Buy it in advance is my <laughs> advice. Right. Um, I definitely paid the late ticket premium. Uh, it's it's a great experience. It's It's fun. And you don't have to be a basketball fan, honestly. Nice. You, you you would enjoy it no matter what. They, you know, you, you could tell like little kids were having a really good time, even if they weren't paying attention to the game. That's awesome. It yeah. makes up for the uh, lackluster in-season tournament final. See, I, I, I'm gonna, you know, as the weeks have gone by, I I am I still believe I'm gonna I'm gonna believe that they'll improve it. And, Definitely, and, and they. I hope they they do because they it, it, you. It's all about the energy in the arena that makes the game, and hopefully they they come up with something uh, that that does that. But as far as um, the movie we're gonna preview, Night Swim. I guess this is a horror movie. Yeah, you it's could watch horrible. the preview, and it's yeah. still difficult to understand what this thing is about, other than it seems like it's a possessed pool. That's right. Yeah. That, that somebody it. came up with this. It's like the money cool. pit meets yeah, you know, Texas Chainsaw Massacre. I, I don't think this thing's going to clear <laughs> 2 million bucks. Yeah. Um, I, maybe a million bucks. I'll go with a million bucks. It looks not good. Although, oh, you know what's bad, funny? Man. There's it like a really huge bad. genre of horror film buffs that just go see this and they, and they prefer to see it in the theater because it's really dark. The sound is, mm-hmm. you know, uh, has a huge effect on, um, oh, clearly. how scary There's it is that, that really do like the horror yeah. film sort of experience. Um, I, you would definitely have to pay me to see this. I would not pay. To I pay. would see this at home on a <laughs> lark. Even do that. Yeah. But I, I won't go see this in the theater. But yeah, yeah, I'll I, throw a million out there as a, right, as a bogey. Put, I, I'll give it two million bucks. But okay. Uh, anyway, that's going to be it. Uh, I hope everybody has a very uh, good a year end. Um, and here's to 2024. Um, it'll uh, it's gonna. I I think 2024 will be a very very interesting year. Um, because it's going to prove a lot of people right and it's going to prove a lot of people wrong and um, we'll see uh, which side of the ledger we fall on but um, until uh, until, uh, the dust settles uh, we'll see you next week Happy New Year everyone